0: what's up junkies we're coming at you with a new episode um uh, where we have an exclusive interview with uh riley from the band a their metal band um metal band uh gent i i don't even know what to describe him they're, pretty- they're
1: they're more progressive and gent and uh they're um they're pretty sick, man. They got a lot of great stuff. You know, they did some covers. They got a lot of great covers out there as well. You know, I listened to one that uh, they covered from Rush. Pretty sick. So yeah. definitely do check them out. They all seem like great dudes. You know, Riley seems like a really cool dude, so we're about to show you. a little. But before we get to that, we're going to give you a little bit of music news that we have. So to kick things off, Veil of Maya, Outsider. Now, this song... You know it's very technical percussive very gent style as well the vocals in this one are extremely brutal this guy has what you know what would you call him like yells like with 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 a little bit of vocal fry
0: yeah a little bit i mean May is one of those bands that you you there's always something in their music that just like blows your fucking mind you know because they're so fucking unique and they're so weird at the same time like it's it's just i don't know I, I love their music and i've I've been a fan since you know back in like 2010 when they were first coming around this is mm, one of those bands
1: i loved it because their drums and their guitars were super technical and again that's that falls under that gent style category but their their fills with their toms and all that that they were using and utilizing uh, they had some piano and strings in that song which i really liked it kind of helped convey like the story that they were telling.
0: I think I think they're one there's one of those bands that have just the synthesizer is one of their mm-hmm. biggest instruments and one of their most profound sounds because they always tell a story. They always tell a story and, with, with, their, with their synthesizers.
1: And they like to slow things down after keeping it going for a while and then pick it back up with a fucking sick breakdown. So, you know, they, they got some some fun stuff
0: yeah that's one of the bands i'll never get tired of listening to and it's the, they're just so the, fucking crazy
1: who's our next one
0: so um born of osiris
1: Ooh.
0: they came out with a new that's album incredible. called the simulation born of osiris is amazing there's none A lot of these bands that i'm talking about i've listened to since i was like this big so you know i've will always have great things to say and but this song i mean uh, this album born of osiris is um a little different though because they were they used to be like you know all about you know screaming 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 and now they're getting more into yells and a little bit of singing so that's something something unique to look Look forward to in that with this album.
1: So, on that album, I listened to the song called The Accursed, and that one was very technical and electronic esque. Um, they had a lot of yelling in that one, too, I think, but not like the kind of yelling that we're talking about in like M- Maya or Maya, however you pronounce
0: Maya it. Maya. I've never, I've, it's always been different. Every person <laughs> I talk to is just,
1: pronounces it different. Um, exactly. But back to Born of Osiris, um, like their growls and their lows are. Was it like I think it's more at least an octave the guy can hit those notes proficiently and carry it So I like that as well, but they're very rap hardcore oriented. I'm finding which I dig I hella dig that.
0: Yeah, they they went from being more gent to a little more hardcore Which I mean, I'm hard. I'm all about how that hardcore Life so I know I love that that west coast and east coast hardcore
1: that if you don't get a black eye in the pit man you're not doing something right dude
0: i watched this documentary when i was I mean, maybe like 16 of the boston hardcore scene and the boston hardcore scene back in the day i don't know if how it is now because you know I'm, i don't live in boston i don't go to boston um but the hardcore scene back in the day used to be a fucking gang like you would go to a bar and if you didn't belong these fucking metalheads hard, hardcore heads whatever the fuck they want to be called would fuck you up that's uh it was literally a gang oh you know what I saw it in remember uh, on Spike TV there used to be a show called World's Deadliest Gangs and they used to go like around and talk about all these different gangs and Boston Hardcore was one of them
1: no shit.
0: So they were it's it's a show about gangs, like actual gangs, like LA Kings and the Crips, the Bloods, you know, gangs from everywhere. And then all of a sudden it's talking about the fucking hardcore scene. Like what the fuck? You're I don't know. It's just a, like a huge I guess transition. That is
1: hardcore, bro.
0: Yeah, they're fucking <laughs> hardcore. Oh yeah.
1: uh, shit. And white chapel. Uh what is this? Um they have a regular version. And an acoustic version of this song. It's called Hickory Creek.
0: Yep, that this no. from this the, the original is from the the album The Valley, and you know when you lit when you talk about Whitechapel and and anyone I talk to about Whitechapel, they know it's fucking brutal, death,
1: brutal. <clears throat> brutal, like
0: pig squeals and all, and. Oh, break heavy as motherfucking breakdowns fucking lowest tuning you could ever fucking possibly do metal as shit you know and then this song is just, uh f- <laughs> really not even like i i would have never pictured Whitechapel doing something like this
1: but i loved it because of the nice clean in it, 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 the guitars were like clean and dirty at the same time they had that uh I don't know, the thing about it I can never get the sound on my guitar, my rig But they had a nice touch of reverb on it And so it kind of just carried it through, well through the mix And then the lead guitar, believe it or not Actually hits where you expect it to hit And I'm like, I'm blown away by these guys Because this is not the kind of shit they usually write um, the, the drums The shit that hard.
0: they write Is something you're gonna be like You know, fucking headbanging Fucking everything And now this one's like Fuck, it makes you think, you know
1: it's... yeah the vocals they were executed very well um uh the lyrics were hella deep and it, again it's not as heavy as their other shit but it's definitely i think definitely worth listening to it, it's great all the music is great
0: yeah i mean this white chapel <laughs> you know i didn't tell you about this but i actually found this this um I guess you would say news, whatever. But in, do you remember the band, The Number Twelve Looks Like You?
1: Yes, I do. There's of some. They are
0: like weirdest fucking band in the whole fucking world. Um, what was their like What was, their, was their most popular big. song? Uh, something about a cat, I think. You know what? Let me look it up because I don't want to be wrong.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna sit here and roast you until you get it done. So way. we look like we're actually doing something productive. Anything I say can and will be used to held against me, right?
0: What was that song? Right. Dude, don't even remind me
1: about that. Boy. Well, they had a lot of weird yells. Guitar, offbeat, drums. It was just noise. Like a cat. I'd, I'd hear... Like, like a,
0: a cat. fucking cat that was it that was their, the music video was just them screaming and like with the, the silhouette of them screaming with the white background it was just the weirdest fucking music ever i was listening to it when i was like 13 years old just like what the fuck is going on what is this what the fuck you know and now back then i was to listening to a lot of alasana or Chiodos and shit you know so it was a lot of clean vocals and then then I started listening to this fucking weird shit. And I was like, the fuck is this You know, But I loved it. But anyways, yeah. the number 12 looks like you. They released an all instrumental album. No music. I mean, no, no vocals, just music. No music. <laughs> I'm going to release an album of every track. There's no music, no vocals, no nothing. Make it 25 tracks. And see how many people buy it. Of,
1: of <laughs> static, white noise. <laughs> that is not going to sound good for our listeners. I am so sorry, you guys. No, Are you're you? not. Uh-oh. No, you're not. <laughs> you have another one for us, I'm sure. Aside so from the number twelve, looks like you.
0: Oh yeah, Behemoth. What the fuck does that even mean? Behemoth.
1: No, the, the number twelve looks like you, not Behemoth. We'll oh. talk about them in a second.
0: Um, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. <laughs> what would it mean? What's What does a number 12 look like? Look like? I
1: don't know. And I don't
0: even want to. No, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you.
1: Behemoth, what were you saying?
0: They released a four-song EP called "A Forest." Uh, Behemoth. A forest. I saw Behemoth live before they got signed. I think I used to have, have
1: a really aggressive bass. That's one thing I know. They me. have
0: aggressive everything, and they they kept the old style that they used to have. You know, in this new EP, it's like um, a lot of the old timey screams, old guitar. You know, old style. Of like metal, which I love, you know. It. Of course. I Guess they.
1: But the because, you know they have lots of double, double drum, double, 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 double drums, double bass, yeah, double, double drums, double dribble. Um, <laughs> no, they they have really interesting vocals in in this uh, uh this EP album. There's, it's it's real dark and eerie, but it's good. In all the best kinds of ways. And and yes, the drums have a lot of fucking double drums. Like the Toms. Double drum, drums. <laughs> double
0: drums. Brrr, brrr, brrr.
1: And without further ado, well, I think it's time to go ahead and bring on our guest and interview the fuck out of him.
0: That. Come on, bro. Come on. I'm
1: sorry. We'll cut that part out.
0: No, we won't you're gonna to listen to this all our listeners are gonna hear you say you're gonna fuck what would you say you're gonna do what to him
1: <laughs> in the guy we're gonna interview him and it's gonna be awesome i'm excited and you all should be too so we'll see you there
0: cool awesome well you know i appreciate you coming on the show first and for, for. First and foremost, I want to say that anything you say or do can be used against you. I'm just That's kidding. <laughs> to- totally cool, man. Every, every day. Every, every day. day. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of we just want to see how you got started, you know, uh, in the band and, you know, how you got started in the music industry first, yeah, first absolutely. of
2: all. So, uh, I mean, I've been singing like my whole life. I started uh, singing like with a with a purpose i guess when i was like five or six uh my Mm -hmm. brother i'm the youngest of five and my my brother is my oldest sibling he's about 15 years older than i am and he would like force me to like learn harmonies to songs uh so that he could have accompaniment while he was singing um and from there it just kind of became like a regular part of my life and so i've been i've been singing basically my whole life and first started joining bands and like you know freshman year high school and Uh, you know started playing shows maybe a year after that uh but i didn't really uh, start releasing records until uh like 2010 uh is when i joined my first signed band uh this band called son of aurelius up in the bay area of california uh santa cruz to be particular um that's where it all started (laughs) yeah that's that's where it all started uh and we, uh, you know, how I joined that band was uh, kind of a funny story. I was supposed to originally just do merch for them on uh, on a tour, and then their vocalist hit me up, like, a week, maybe a week and a half before the tour started, and was like, hey, like, you know, I run this, like, exporting business with my dad, doing, like, you know, all kinds of crazy shit. We're going to be, you know, in hawaii and china and like doing all this important business stuff anyway i can't make the tour can you cover me for like the first week and i was like yeah like that's fine i was planning on going anyway so yeah I might I was, as well like, learn a, yeah learn a couple songs and, and do the thing and as the tour went on uh you know long story short he never showed up um and so at that point they were like bro this guy's like played more shows with the band than you have we're just gonna like keep keep hire him on full-time and not have to worry about you know you not showing up for tours so uh because you know as i'm as i'm sure you guys know touring especially touring in metal is like the most important thing if you aren't able to tour you should find a different job um so uh from there um You know we started writing a record uh we had one more tour after that uh but it was a pretty short lived uh touring touring cycle with that band um so we started writing a record uh ended up releasing that in like 2014 but between those two uh i released two other records with two other bands uh continuum and inanimate existence both on unique leader records uh one i want to say in 2011 and the other one in 2012. um So we had, uh, you know, I I, I had gotten my feet wet basically a little bit with playing shows with other bands, doing these little weekend warrior kind of tours, um, you know, as well as a couple full-time tours with Son of Aurelius in between writing. Uh, So when Allegiant contacted me uh, initially just to cover some dates on a tour, uh, I I was already pretty, you know, well-versed in in the touring lifestyle and and making metal, uh, you know, on on an official kind of capacity so uh yeah they hit me up to do like a week of shows uh basically so they're based in denver uh and we were going out to louisville kentucky uh for this thing called the louisville death fest which has since completely fallen apart <laughs> uh but uh yeah it was it was like four days there and then that that and then four days back or something like that so it was a super quick little run um and uh you know they were their vocalist was going through some personal personal problems in his life and you know wasn't really able to commit to the band 100 percent um in the way that they needed him to so you know they they kind of kept me on on the back burner for a minute they were like hey you know if if,
0: if we need if you to a job
2: yeah. yeah and like and things get bad with this guy like we we've got you covered uh and at that time uh I had taken about a year off of of the metal world this tour happened in like late 2015 uh and the last time i had released anything metal related was like in mid 2014 so i had taken about a year off i was focusing on other stuff i was doing like dance pop and you know all kinds of at-home production just not you know i i had kind of gotten over the metal community um yeah. and it was it's not because it's a bad community. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, that Son of Aurelius album that I, we released was very, very different from the debut, and so it was not received well. And I was still a little too new to the industry to not really realize that, like, once you put something out, like, it's not yours anymore. You don't, you know, if you, it, it then becomes everyone else's yep. to listen to and judge and do and it, criticize you know, and how they yeah. Will. yeah uh and so when it was received super negatively i took it like super personally um and was just like fuck this i don't want to play metal anymore uh (laughs) naturally yeah so (laughs) so i stopped for like a year and uh you know i did this tour just because they were friends and you know they needed someone and he contacted me and uh afterwards he was like yeah you know if you need a job and you know you want i was just kind of like "Eh, we'll see like i'm not fucking married to the idea like if it happens it happens but don't hold your breath and uh and then he hit me up like two days later being like hey so like some shit hit the fan uh do you want that job and i was like sure fuck sign it. me up so, <laughs> fuck it you know five five years later and two albums here i am with still with a legion yeah, so man. yeah that's 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 the the gist believe it the, the, <laughs> believe it or not the short version of uh of how how I started and, and how I got to, to where I am with the legion.
0: Do you, do you just do clean vocals?
2: Mm-mm. You do everything? No, I, 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 I predominantly do, like, guttural, screaming, death metal stuff. Um, but I also do a lot of clean vocals as well. Uh, since I grew up doing clean vocals, uh, you know, I try to sneak it in wherever I can. But the metal community is not unless you're the type of person who like has been there from the beginning doing both styles or doing just clean vocals if you try to introduce them into a band that has only done screaming prior uh it's it's met with a lot of resistance yeah a lot a lot of people uh, judge
0: i mean i i'm not gonna lie i used to be one of those people it's like um when who tried to one of i think acacia strain try to do yeah. some some singing and and I was like what the fuck this is not you yeah. know I'm I'm used to I'm used to wormwood it's so fucking heavy and you know yeah. I, but then I'm like you know what you know they're trying something new it's, it's a band you know they can't yeah. they can't be stuck in their old ways so
2: I I try to take everything at face value I mean another another band a really good example of a band that has like completely gone in a different direction is Opeth um they started off as like you know, kind of like a blackened death thing in like the early nineties. And then, you know, kind of developed a more progressive sound, but still always had that like really crushing heavy shit. And now they're just like a seventies prog rock band. Like there's no screaming. It's like all the songs are really long and drawn out, like hardly any distortion, like definitely no like double bass crushing riff kind of parts. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people fucking hate it. I love it because the way I look at it is it's like, if someone came to me, with Opeth's newest record, right? Which is, you know, starkly different from when I first started listening to them. But if someone came to me with their newest record and was like, hey, check out this new band. This is like their first album. They're, you know, they're fresh on the scene. Like, check this shit out. It would blow my fucking mind. I would be like, what is this? But yeah. because it's Opeth- Because you have like, oh, you already have
0: that mentality of this is what, yeah, they, what they should be. And I'm just, yeah.
2: I'm just like nah. Like I, you have to take art at face value. Like if you know, if if it's good, it's good. And you know, obviously in music, there's no there's no objectivity. Uh, you know, every song is good and bad to someone. So uh, you know, but in my opinion, they're still writing amazing songs and they're still you know writing these these super well put together albums and just amazing compositions. The level of production just keeps getting better and better and better and uh yeah it's not screaming and it's not it's got like no death metal vibes anymore but they still all do that they they do all that shit live so if i really wanted to go see it i i could
0: yeah you could still enjoy it somehow
2: yeah and and the thing is is like those old records are always going to be there you know what i mean like i'm never it, it's not like just because they switch their style they you know erased all presence of the past like 20 years of their career if i want to go listen to that older opeth stuff i still can um they're just not making stuff in that vein anymore so i digress uh you know trying to introduce new styles can sometimes be kind of difficult but i uh i try to keep it pretty
1: evenly balanced between my
2: projects yeah
1: gotcha so you you were there in 2019 right yes Okay, so exothermic chemical combustion. That was a song I was listening to recently. They kind of, yeah. you know, Um, so the black metal vocals, like yeah. that aspect right there. How how do you how do you get that, dude? That was sick as hell. Because
2: um, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a complicated uh, process uh, to explain. Uh, it's a lot easier to do than to say. Uh, one of those rare occasions, but um, it's it's just a combination of different vocal styles. Uh. <laughs> With metal, you're predominantly switching between false chord screaming and vocal fry screaming. Um, mm-hmm. That black metal style, you know, That it's funny that Exothermic is the song that, that you were listening to, because that's, like, the only song on the record that I
1: do that style on.
2: <laughs> and uh, That's why
1: I was like, you know, I also know, um, I don't know if you were there for their Rush cover, Animate. Yeah, yeah, that was me okay, as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, So... Uh,
2: that's, that's vocal fry screaming is what the, the higher kind of stuff is. My much lower growly stuff is false chord screaming. Um, and, uh, it's, it's basically just, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it, uh, as far as, you know, how you position yourself for breathing, how your, your mouth is shaped, where your tongue is positioned. Um, mostly what it is though, is how you're controlling the flow of air through your vocal apparatus. Um, mm-hmm. and into like your vocal mask, the like very front part, uh, whether or not you're allowing any air to escape through your nose, um, you know, how you're projecting, whether it's up or out, uh, as far as, you know, where you're kind of like aiming, uh, the, the vocals, especially when you're, you know, recording it with a microphone. It's like, if I wanted something that was like higher and shriekier, I wouldn't be like, like right up on the mic. You know what I mean? I'd be like a little bit further back. Uh, to kind of okay. give that headroom uh, instead of just like dominating the capsule like I normally would for like lower stuff when I really want to just get that like lower frequency and really lock in those like really nasty sounding, uh, you know, growls and stuff like that. So,
1: uh, okay. there's, there's, so there's a
2: lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so would you say like when, once you finally have your, your finished product and you're happy with it, does it sound the same way it does in your head when you're like writing it, trying to make it happen? versus uh, when it's finally finished? Creatively, yes, for sure. Okay. But
2: like, you know, hearing myself screaming in my head versus hearing myself or screaming on an album <laughs> is like two totally, totally different. Oh, I totally get it. I totally get <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh but yeah, creatively, I, we work with a really, really good producer, this guy Dave Otero, uh at Flatline Audio out in Denver. Um and he's he's such a hands-on producer uh that if i have an idea that i'm trying to get down and i can't quite nail it i can talk to him from you know the, the vocal booth and be like hey this is what i'm trying to do like you know help me figure this out and he'll you know we'll kind of back and forth until we get it locked in um so usually most of my creative di- ideas see the light of day but sometimes it just like doesn't fit the song the way that i figured it would uh you know sometimes it's just a bad idea and uh he's also a a good hands-on producer in that way where he'll just be like yeah this is this is not good let's (laughs) let's not do this let's do something else here so you know always always willing to change things in the in the studio
0: so how do you how do you warm up your your you know your throat how what kind of warm-ups do you do
2: um i do do basically the same warm-ups that I that I would normally do uh for, for like opera singing or uh, just regular clean singing. Um you're not really using your voice in any different way when you're when you're screaming uh than when you're singing. So it's uh it's it's just the same kind of basic warm ups that I do. I, I, I run a few scales, uh I do a few uh, muscle loosening exercises like tongue muscles. Um, you know, there's like the la la la's and the ya yas and stuff for the front of your tongue and the back of your tongue and Uh, You know, I'll I'll usually do a few tension release uh, exercises like I'll massage back here behind my jaw and like down into here and do some like neck and head rolls and stuff just to kind of loosen up all the muscles that I'll be using uh, when I'm singing. And then from there, it's just, you know, applying a different technique, Um, you know, the difference between a sung note and a screamed note uh, as far as what you're using inside like your vocal apparatus is pretty negligible um you know I, I don't have to do like like special warm-ups for screaming or anything like that
0: yeah it makes sense um so how did i know you said they're based out of denver are they still there so how does it work like you guys writing music we're,
2: and... yeah we're we're kind of all over the place man um there's actually only one guy still based in denver uh and then i'm here in Southern California. Our bass player is up in northern california near sacramento uh in a town called tracy um our uh, one of our guitarists has been in uh ottawa canada for uh since like before the lockdown started his girlfriend lives out there and he was out visiting her and then just lockdown you know, <laughs> travel bands and lockdown and all this shit so he's just been out there for a while uh but i think he plans on permanently relocating there within the next year anyway and then our drummer is in illinois so we're like everywhere completely (laughs) completely remote yeah we don't we don't do anything in person uh outside of when we rehearse for tours we all meet up uh in the denver area and rehearse out there and uh you know obviously when we're doing stuff in the studio we kind of like you know cross each other's paths here and there um but it you know it's it's 2020 internet we can all, every one of us has like a DAW that we can record into and, uh, you know, we can all send each other ideas and all that kind of stuff. So when we're writing, usually what will happen is, uh, you you know, one of the two guitar players will tab something out in like Guitar Pro um, and then send that out to us as well as like a rough kind of demoed out recording um just so we have like a frame of reference uh and then they'll program you know really basic drums to it uh so the structure of the song remains unchanged and then in the studio we'll add little flourishes and stuff like that um when we hit the studio the songs are like 90 to 95 percent done and then that last little bridge is gapped when we you know uh, or gap is bridged when we <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when we're in the the (laughs) studio and working with the producer and doing all that kind of stuff so uh it's 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 a weird thing to get used to for sure like when I first joined the band I was definitely used to the all right let's go to the practice spot and jam and rehearse and work out some ideas and stuff but honestly now that I've been doing it this way for so long I like couldn't do it another way if i joined a it band seems in Southern so California. practical
1: doing it like that because you know for a while everyone was just i remember being in a band with mario oh my god at a house and we would, would we would practice
0: well we would practice in a small little bedroom it was like a 12 by 12 bedroom we had the drums amps everywhere like there was people just watching us practice and uh, it was it was just a clusterfuck yeah fucking <laughs> like insane it's...
2: Even if you have like an isolated space to practice, like it's so difficult to get everyone on the same creative page. Yep. And you know, if 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 I could take all the hours and hours and hours that I've wasted in my life just sitting in a fucking practice spot, like Mm -hmm. listening to someone just like go off while the rest of us are like, hey, so are we gonna like write something or are we gonna like (laughs) what's going on here? Like, if I could take all those hours and put them towards like independent creative process, I could have like a full on fucking discography. So it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just, you know, like I said, now that I've been doing it this way, I, I don't think I could ever go back to the whole like standing in a room, just like listening to people hash out ideas and trying to give creative input that way. Yeah. Um, once in a while, it's good. Like, Legion will do these like writing retreats where we'll, you know, spend a week with each other just pretty much isolated from the rest of the world but we'll come into it with like lots of ideas and like lots of stuff already written so yeah. that it's like all right this is t- today is your day like let's go over some of your ideas some of the stuff that you've written we can give some creative input we can edit the like guitar profiles on the fly and we can kind of structure something out of something that's already pre-existing it's it's never just like all right let's go to band practice yeah and you, blan- and you have a blank you have a blank page figure it out yeah, one like, guy yeah. writing
1: all the songs
2: yeah yeah no nah, never never happens right. that way so yeah, yeah it, so makes it, sense. It, it works being being far away it's it's it started off kind of weird for me but now it's like completely preferable
0: yeah that makes sense and you know like we're doing this podcast all remote so it's it's just yeah. se- it just seems so easy to just be you know, doing your own thing. And, you know, you have, you're from here originally from Escondido, Southern California. So it's, you know, makes sense that you want to be here and they want to, you know, they want to be with their families or whatever, whatever the case is. And so, yeah, yeah. there was
2: a minute where I was like considering moving out to Colorado and that area, but Denver is just as expensive as any major city in California uh, to live. So I was like, man, and it's cold as hell. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm paying the same amount and have to deal with like snow and like flash hailstorms and shit. Like, fuck that. Fuck that. But the other thing is that it was just like, I don't know, man. I, I like Denver and I have friends out there, but it's just not my speed. It's it's yeah. it's too it's too cow pokey for me out there, man. Like, you know, Denver not so much, but the rest of Colorado is very much like a a rancher state. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I'm a fucking. I'm like a little white kid liberal from Southern California. <laughs> like you know, I don't yeah. I don't want to deal with with people you know, fucking rocking their fucking Trump 2020 stickers on the back of the everywhere, car. I huh? Can't, every I can't, fucking can't where. handle that shit, man. Can't. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I go to I you know I travel a lot for work, so every time I go like I've been to Denver, I've been to you know these little Midwest states, and I'm like, man, dude, I ha- I have it good in California. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. they probably don't think so, but. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. probably see me as this little fucking millennial, yeah, dumbass right. millennial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Sometimes I'll I'll hit you know it's I'll be online. It's it's so easy to get that like that that like title vision. Those like horse blinders on. You know what I mean when you're when you're just at home, only viewing the rest of the world and the rest of the political spectrum through social media. You know what I mean? It's like, I see so much shit on Facebook and Instagram and all this kind of shit. And I'm just like, bro, where do these fucking idiots come from? Like where, like, there's no way there's this many of you in the fucking country that like we can like this administration is like still okay with everyone. And then I go on tour and I travel and I'd see like, you know, a lot of the more, you know, uh, conservative minded areas and I'm like, Oh, that makes there,
0: sense.
2: <laughs> I guess there really are a lot of you out there, but you know, I, I try to not voice my political opinions too much because it can be very
1: polarizing. And you know, I, yeah. uh, I. Uh, oh, the biggest thing in this country that keep, that, that uh, separates people is matters of opinion. So yeah, people are gonna get butt hurt regardless. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I and mean, PR, I are, good PR, right? Well, I was,
2: I, uh, I bought a, a shirt from my friends in the band, Knocked Loose, recently because they started a a charity thing. Uh, that is uh, uh geared towards like you know everything going on in, in politics and, and with black lives matter in the protest right now uh, and it's just like a, a row it's just a row of cops and it just says enemies in blue uh, and then like you know the, the, it's four cops and they're all wearing shirts and it spells out like a cab across their shirts and so I bought one and like posted that I bought it on Instagram being like you know happy birthday to me because it was a couple weeks ago like a couple days before my birthday and uh some people got super fucking offended. About yeah, it. they were just like, "Fuck you, man!" Like, you know who who are you gonna call when you're in trouble? Fucking oh God, Like, I hope man. you never call the cops. And I was like, okay, one, the boys. Uh, <laughs> if I if I'm if my house is being robbed, I know at least five people that I can think of off the top of my head that would get there way faster and well more prepared than the fucking cops would. Yep. Um. Yep. But. <laughs> You know, it was it was just one of those things. Like I said, it was very polarizing. It was like, you know, not not even me like aggressively trying to be like going out on social media, like yeah, fuck the, police, fuck the cops, you know, you yeah. know, shit. Like it was just
1: like a shirt. It was just a shirt
0: that, that really you were excited shit. about, you know. And
2: yeah, it, and it I, mean, still I got, shared
1: like, a fucking meme on Facebook and it offended so many people. It yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's it's wild. And
2: obviously, you know, things are tense right now. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are justifiably pretty fucking upset about yeah. the, the state of things in our country. So, so you know it's it's easy to step on people's toes especially right now but like you know I guess being in a, in a position where people are looking at me and, and valuing my opinion and shit it makes it a little bit more you know I have to be a little bit more careful when it comes to that kind of stuff so I usually just try to uh, not voice my political opinion but when it comes to human rights and equality and shit i have i have a, a hard time keeping quiet especially yeah. when there's you know people abusing power and all that kind of stuff it's, yeah we, it's a little bit harder for yeah. me to not be like yo fuck this
0: yeah, yeah you know you know like we have you know this podcast and we don't have a large following per se but you know the, some of the followers we do have um it's, it's kind of crazy because i've you know we've posted our opinion we believe you know black lives matter we you know we stand with with them against racism and the oppression so you know posting it it, we i'm like you know if i post this some people might not like it some people you know might be with us but you know what at this point I do, if you don't fucking like it, don't fucking follow us. You know, I'm mean, to yeah. the, I'm to the point uh, like that, but you know, I understand where you come from. You, you know, it's not just you in this case, it's, you know, it's your whole yeah, band, it's, like, it's your label, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot exactly. of things.
2: Exactly. It's, it's, there's so many moving parts of this where if it was just me, if I, if, if my voice didn't represent so many other people and so many other moving, moving parts then like i'd for sure be out there you know m- voicing my opinion much louder than i am now yeah um, you know and I'm, I'm i'm right there with you guys on that whole thing i'm you know th- these these all lives matter dorks can go fuck themselves for yeah. sure uh i
1: <laughs> it's like we know that all lives matter but right now we need to focus on this because it's fucking proven you can look and find it anywhere yeah. sorry yeah all all, sorry. all
2: all these people that that you know try to you know justify george floyd's murder by being like oh he had a background yeah like, all the people being like fucking oh well what about black on black crime and more white people have been killed it's just like bro just say you're a fucking racist just yeah. fucking just say it like and and stop that, trying to pussyfoot around. well that that's like, how you
0: weed out the racist like when yeah, exactly when whoever says all lives matter dude you're a racist yeah, yeah. simple as chances that chances are very high and yeah. like
2: I've i've run into a few people that like they just don't get it you know what i mean like the people that are just like well but but all lives matter it's not just but it's like they're it's it's not coming from a place of like hate it's just coming from a place of ignorance yeah they genuinely don't know yeah and and i've had some conversations where i've been like look man like this is i i understand what you mean but like this is what is important right now and here's why kind of thing and you know have definitely seen some people be like oh okay for sure like i understand and like kind of turn their opinion around um but then there's the people who are just like, Dials. you know, they're like, you just, know "Fuck I'm that gonna, shit." I said you know? I'm stop, stop trying you, to use that like alt right, like, "Well, well, if you apply logic, kind of bullshit." <laughs> and just fucking, like, you know? You know what's kind of weird okay. though? <laughs> you know what's kind
0: of weird though? <laughs> like if they're saying "All lives matter" to a white guy posting about it or a white guy talking about it, it's like. Yeah. Do do you really understand It's. (laughs) it's, I'm a Mexican and I'm saying it. I'm not black by any means. I'm not saying black people, you know, should be above anyone else. I'm not saying white people should be above anyone else. I'm not saying, you know, Latino should be above anyone else. But I'm saying, you know, if someone from another race is generally, you know, talking about it and they acknowledge Mm -hmm. that black lives matter. You, you know you should too. it's yeah you know, it's not about race at this point it's about no. you know, humans human beings and, and lives
2: exactly it's just about like acknowledging the well-being of your fellow man kind yeah. of thing and and i'm glad that that the topic has kind of shifted not only between like the abolishment of systemic racism and like all that kind of stuff but has kind of shifted also more into like fucking police brutality you know acting with like being able to just completely act with impunity and you know not facing any consequences and when you do face consequences it's like oh it's slapping the wrist yeah it's like oh this person lost their life well i guess you get to go on fucking paid administrative leave yeah the 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 balance is so skewed we're gonna give you a little
0: vacation for killing someone yeah
2: and i'm glad that that the conversation has shifted towards being like yo we need to fucking fix this like defund the police you look at Minneapolis pd which is now completely dismantled um and i think that that's a step in the right direction um you know as as far as 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 creating a system that is more conducive towards the well-being of society uh you know because when you have fucking lapd with lambos and fucking you know like all these cops with like you know thousand dollar fucking laser sights on their fucking shitty grenade launchers it's just like bro, where's what where the is this fuck money is the, so much what wealth? the fuck is the
0: point like what's yeah, the like point this,
2: it's just a waste they of give us
1: shitty ass that... handguns and carbons with a fucking fin grip that we can't even yeah. hold on to the right <laughs> And they're like, like oh no we got fucking full autos we're ready yeah, you know it's like bro
2: like what is the point like it's just such a waste of fucking money and you know it's got a thing where it's you know i feel like if if cops were less overburdened by like you guys are the one group of people that need to respond to fucking everything then their behavior would be better it's the kind of thing where it's like bro if i'm on tour and i'm you know constantly stressed out every day for 30 days at a time by the end of it i'm gonna be a real piece of shit like i'm gonna be like super fucking irritable like like don't fucking bother me like i'll find the stupidest shit to get mad about imagine you know spending years of your life being the only person that people call for every single fucking emergency like that shit has to wear down on you mentally and like obviously i'm not making an excuse for shitty cop behavior and police brutality and shit but like when you look at it from that like sociological psychological human perspective it's like bro like of course you have these people that have these fucking breakdowns and you know just beat the shit out of someone for no fucking reason because it's like you know you you have this incredible amount of stress and strain that comes along with that job and if you made it so that it was like all right cool we have a team of first responders for mental illness cool we have a team of first responders for you know home invasion which is like the regular cops we have a team of first responders for for you know suicide attempts we have all this kind of shit where you could just divvy it up into people who are more well equipped to handle those particular situations then like you've finally have a system in place that actually works because it would give Um, it would
0: give everyone a better training you know we're gonna train you in just this so you're not yeah you're not so broad and then you don't know you're just like kind of good at everything instead of being great at one thing yeah Uh, exactly
2: and and we don't need a bunch of fucking you know jacks of all masters of none handling the most dire situations in the human experience um exactly and it honestly it'll create tons of new jobs tons of economic opportunity for people who it's like oh well i i spent my whole i spent my college career studying you know criminal psychology and now i have this one career path that i can go down and like that's it if i don't get this job like my college experience was completely wasted and it opens up doors for those kinds of things where it's like okay cool you studied psychology you can either be like a a couch therapist or work in an office or you could be a family counselor or you could be like a police first responder for these like emergencies with people who are having psychological breakdowns like you could talk someone down off of, off cliff kind of thing yeah and, you know creating those opportunities for people who have the expertise is in my opinion a good thing you know yeah. a better thing than having someone who has no fucking idea what to do in that situation just showing up and being like oh good don't kill yourself like if you try to kill yourself i'll shoot you like it's on the floor maggot you know it's so fucking goofy man if you if
0: you jump off the cliff i'm gonna shoot you before you land so you're (laughs) dead before you land so So your limp body just hits the ground (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go back into the music. <laughs> so oh, this was great. Though.
2: Um, yeah, I'm like, hey, I don't usually voice my political opinion, but here's but my no, here's, I here's what I, I fucking think. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that
1: you did. You know, you're, you're a good guy. You have a clear level head on you. You know, you have understanding, which I'm finding a lot of people don't. And it fucking sucks. Yeah, it's, it, it blows my mind. It's kind of that sad. word. Uh, ignorance. Yeah. everywhere, dude. Yeah.
2: Rampant. Running fucking rampant for sure. All so, right, so music. Some music. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: what's your favorite place that you've ever played or toured or, you know, the best city?
2: Uh, there's, there's a few for sure. Um, uh, in the States, I love playing uh, in – Dude, oh there's so many so i mean chicago <laughs> chicago is always amazing chicago is such a good time we have tons of friends out there the crowds are always super sick uh playing in new york is amazing even though i hate being in new york um yeah new york it's sucks just, it's, <sighs> dude i hate it man this is not, not traveling real fun <laughs> um but uh i love playing in new york love playing in chicago uh well chicago Canada.
0: chicago is one of your top you know you have the most fans uh, fan base in chicago yeah, I, I yeah, saw that, right. and Florida.
2: Yep, yep. Chicago and Florida for sure. And Florida, the shows are always kind of weird because there's only like a few places that still do metal out. Metal, there yeah. It's it's, it's predominantly hip hop, uh, pop, not a metal scene. EDM for sure. Yeah. Uh, so those shows can be kind of hit or miss. But Chicago always fucking goes super hard. Uh, New York is super awesome. Canada, like really anywhere in Canada, is always fucking amazing. Um, the concert mentality out there is super super supportive uh and really gratifying to be a part of um so is
0: there is the stereotype true is everyone super fucking nice in canada
2: oh yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, dude i'll never forget this one time this one time we uh we were driving and like we were kind of lost, and we were on some like narrow streets, and this dude was behind us, and he was just like laying on his horn, just like over and over. And I was like, "Bro, if this guy does not get off his fucking horn, like I'm about to fucking park <laughs> this van in the middle of the street and go whoop some ass." Like, just, road rage to the max. American <laughs> mentality. And and you know, we kind of slow down, and he's like honking, and he like pulls up alongside of us, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this guy's like this guy's fucking asking for it. Like he's he's trying." He- and what the I fuck out do you want and i'm like what's up dude and he's like oh hey sorry i was honking so much you know i just want to let you guys know that that you know one of the running lights on your trailer is out you might want to stop and get that fixed I was <laughs> oh, like, oh my dude, god I dude! Like what an asshole <laughs> oh, What a humbling moment! It's, oh, it's so god. crazy because it's like it's it's just such a different you know that that american aggression that it's like you take everything as a threat you know what i mean it's just not Present up there uh, you know and if it is it's it's such a small uh, percentage of the people that it's like you know if, if i wanted to tell somebody something on the road in california I just wouldn't. I would probably just be like, "Oh, that guy's taillights. So I guess he's fucked." Like I, you know, there's. <laughs> yep, he's gonna
0: get pulled over.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's like you know that 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 aggressive kindness up in Canada that I was just like super not used to. So well, yeah, that's definitely true. Everybody that's why. Is, is that's why nice they listen.
0: To, that's why they listen to metal to get all the anger out.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's why they're such supportive metal fans. They're just you know sitting in their car raging. So that when they get out, they're just like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" Yeah, like that, <laughs>
0: like that Monsters Inc. Uh, movie or monster university yeah. where the mom is listening to heavy metal <laughs> <laughs> and she's just the nicest lady ever
2: yep that's exactly it fucking akrit all over the place uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah it's uh you know that as far as the north american landmass those are probably my favorite places um i love playing in in london is always super cool um I, the cities of porto in portugal and uh, milan in italy are both amazing places uh every every time we're out in those areas i try to like take as much time away from the venue as i can just to experience the surroundings because they're such beautiful cities uh and have so much to offer uh you know culturally that i try to try to soak it all up the thing about touring that you know i'm sure you guys have talked with other musicians about but a lot of people don't really know is that it's like I come home from tour and people are especially when i'm like overseas and people are like oh my god you went to all these crazy places like what was munich like what was ireland like like what was what's up and i was like bro like i don't i don't know i don't know what those places you don't have too much you
0: don't have time i went there
2: to work yeah like i spent all day like i can tell you what the venue was like and like the two blocks surrounding the venue i can tell you what those areas were like and uh I play death metal, so I play in the fucking hood. So they were shitty. They were, they would dive like, bars. The cities were yeah. shitty. Like, <laughs> um, oh, man. but you know, obviously, obviously they're not, they're, you know, so much, so much to offer. Uh, like I said, culturally and, and all that kind of stuff that I, I try to get out and soak up as much as I can when I can, but, but it's hard percent of the hard. time. It's like, you know, I'm either in, in the van on the bus uh you know in the venue or like walking around looking for food like within the immediate vicinity of the venue there's not a lot of a lot of tourist time and even on days off you know those are usually travel days it's like when you get a day off on tour it's because you have to drive for 20 hours yep um so yeah not a not a whole lot of tourism going on but in certain cities i like to try to you know take off as much time as i can and really really soak it up yeah um I've never played in Japan. Really want to go over there, uh, cause I'm I'm fucking weeb trash. A hundred percent, hundred percent. If I could like go to Tokyo Tower and hit hit that fucking One Piece room, I would be happier than pig and shit. It's like oh my god. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, so I'm gonna assume you're a K-pop fan.
2: Uh, so <laughs> I I I do I. <laughs> I really like the K-pop community, but the music is a little is a little aggressively upbeat for me. I could um, I could
0: see you with the K-pop shirt, you know, dude, all I, Kawaii yeah, and everything.
2: I, so I'm, I'm gonna show you guys something real quick. I'm gonna walk away for a second. So I uh our last album uh, is called Apoptosis, right? And uh, someone made a joke about how like I'm a total weeb, and they were like, oh, you know. More, more like K-Pop Tosis, right? <laughs> so like, ha ha ha. Oh my god. And, uh, oh god, where is it? It's in here somewhere. Someone, <laughs> some beautiful human being, took it upon themselves to make a K-Pop Tosis shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> where they basically just put all of us. <laughs> <laughs> on, on <K-pop. laughs> oh, oh God! If
0: if you're streaming this, and uh, you need yeah, to watch the video. I've never been, never oh, been
2: happier with a shirt design. Oh so, God, that's that's the only that's one. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. So, apoptosis. Going back to that one. Yeah. It, that's a lot of people's favorite album. That, yeah. that that I, I read somewhere that it's like kind of your defining album
2: yeah I uh you know we try to we actively try to better ourselves as musicians and as songwriters with everything that we release you know what I mean like we never want to just coast on like our style so to yeah. speak um so I I like to think that when we release new records, it's it's always going to be better than the last one and since apoptosis apoptosis is our newest record you know i uh i would hope that it's our best one kind of thing so um and i and i'm glad that people have been receiving it that way i'm glad that you know a, a large part of the fan base you know every, everybody's going to have their favorite records you know it's very usual for people to be like oh well i got into this band in 2016 right when they release proponent so that's going to be my that's favorite that's my favorite yeah like that's yeah. Yeah. that's the one that
1: like i was gonna say i in. love roundabout yeah the classical aspect of that one just yeah that was that was so fun to record
2: i i had I, I i like hate that we do so many covers but like i love doing them so much that i'm just like oh like i just want to do more i want to put put the allegian flavor on so many different songs that are yeah. already songs um, it was freaking amazing it's awesome man Seeing thanks that, man the change so. Yeah, it's uh it was it was a lot of fun doing that one for sure. But yeah, *Apoptosis* is a, is I'm I'm really proud of that record. It was it was a very difficult writing process. We were doing lots of touring, and it was definitely a, a different you know set of circumstances uh, for us as professionals and as individuals. We were all going through some some you know difficult times in our lives as individuals uh, during the writing process of that album. So it was very cathartic to finally get it out there and i think that because of that i have a little bit more of a of an attachment i love to to it yeah yeah
0: well i'm glad you got out of you know whatever issues we were going through yeah
2: Uh, yeah you know it's it's, being gone all the time can put some stress on everyone's life in one way or another you know
0: so are you doing music full-time is that like your full-time career
2: yeah yeah pretty much i mean now that we're in this like You know downtime period uh you know the the pickup point for touring which is how we make all of our money yeah pretty much uh the pickup point for touring is looking more and more like early next year you know what i mean like first quarter march april ish of of 2021 so uh i'm doing some other stuff in in the meantime uh i'm in the process of starting up a video game publishing company uh, a friend of mine um you know trying to trying to stay busy uh doing as much as i can to to still generate income you know using what i've got as far as my tools go uh i, I used to do a lot more twitch streaming than i do now but that was also kind of like a supplementary f- source of income for a while on your off um, time yeah, yeah yeah totally there's there's always little side hustles but it's usually directly tied into the band yeah. and music in some way shape or form uh so this this video game publishing thing is a, is a, is a new step, uh, for me as far as something that's like pretty much unrelated to, you know, what I, uh, you know, what I normally do when I'm not doing music. So,
0: yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. I got one final question. Yeah. Who are your inspirations? You know, when, when you're listening to music, who are your um, favorite bands?
2: Um, oh god there's so many uh so it, it really <laughs> depends uh i listen to a lot of different music um i, I never really pigeonhole my tastes into like oh well i'm a metal guy so i only listen to metal Metal, yeah uh i you know i listen to a lot of uh kind of like underground like alt pop stuff i listen to a lot of uh like kind of more like trip-hop influenced stuff um you know and then i obviously do listen to metal as well but all those things kind of inspire me in different creative spaces um you know if i if i'm writing lyrics and i want to write something that's like a little bit more you know introspective or profound or whatever i'll i'll generally listen to you know like like underground rappers like you know soul and uh you know uh even, even not rappers but like people like baths uh is you know another one really fantastic This sun lux um incredible lyricist as well. Uh you know, this old band called anathalo that broke up a long time ago but has, you know, really, really good writing and all that kind of stuff. If I'm trying to write music that I that I want to be, you know, more in like a like a chilled out headspace, I'll just listen to like lots of lo fi hip hop and, you know, dudes like New and uh, uh God who's the one I'm thinking of right now. Uh, no Idea stuff like that. Um, you know, if, if I'm just listening to something to, to, to vibe to and like, you know, get into that like pop headspace, uh, you know, I listen to lots of like Sean Wasabi and Mothica and all kinds of stuff that's just uh you know, very very different from what I play and produce and put out into the world. Yeah. Um Mothica I mean,
0: far... Ma- Mothica is a little more gothic pop, right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. kinda her vibe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love her shit. It's rad. <laughs> I, I try uh, to get her
0: on the show. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's super sick. Um, she's a, she's a friend of a friend, but, uh, I have been listening to her music for years and years and years now. Uh, I actually discovered her through the collaboration song that she did with, a uh, Tennyson, who hmm. is another super sick artist that I, I absolutely love. Uh, well, uh, artist pair, I think it's like a brother sister thing. Um, But, uh, but I actually just saw her live for the first time, uh, like six months ago or so, uh, at a venue that actually is no longer there, uh, because of the the shutdowns this place called the hi-hat in Los Angeles. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Super, super sick vibes. Uh, really fun show. It was, it was crazy because a couple months before I went to that show, uh, we had actually headlined that same venue, um. It's, it's so crazy seeing how different that room felt with uh, a metal audience versus a pop audience yeah. you know what I mean like you know it's 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 night and day very much two different worlds for yeah. sure for sure um, but it was it was still a lot of fun and uh, I think she just released a track like yesterday day before something like that that uh that is, is super sick as well
0: awesome so yeah, well, yeah. I
2: listen. I listen to all kinds of stuff. I mean, as far as metal goes, uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Altar and uh, a lot of Ulcerate. I've been listening to a lot of the Shadow of Intense newest record, um, Melancholy. Uh, you know, uh, I've <laughs> I've been putting on the deathcore playlist a lot more than I usually would because uh, I've been working out at home oh lot. you need that Another shit piece. to work out yeah, yeah. that shit pumps you up like a motherfucker dude yeah it's dude I've, it's, it's it's it was it was bad like those first few months or not few months first few weeks of uh of of stay at home orders and all the gyms were closing i was just like oh well, my god i'm just gonna turn into a piece of shit oh, well. like, <laughs> just a fucking couch I... <laughs> potato <laughs> so i uh yeah you know, got got the home gym set up and uh I gotta, I gotta
0: listen, I gotta listen to, uh, West Coast hardcore when I'm working out. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah lionheart hard, fucking, oh my god, dude. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I usually put on the the deathcore playlist, and there's a ton of shit that like I hear, but it's, you know, I just fucking throw it on shuffle and Spotify. That's the one downside to having, like, a whole world of music at your fingertips is that it's like, you know, I can listen to tons of shit all the time, and st- you know, have something on in the background while I'm working out for an hour and uh you know be like oh this song is sick but unless i like actively like get up and like add it to one of my playlists or like remember what it's called it's just fucking gone it's, it's gone like, forever yeah
0: yeah and you yeah. try to remember it and you you're not gonna fucking google a melody yeah it's
2: like i mean <laughs> what, what am i gonna do be like oh yeah, that fucking song that went fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like,
0: you're gonna be like mr krabs on cinch Bob. yeah <laughs> 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 beep boop boop beep boop <laughs> that song <laughs> you
2: know the beep boop beep boop song <laughs> yeah dude exactly so you know but try to try to keep a well-rounded palette listen to as much as yeah. i can just to kind of not only keep my finger on the pulse on what's going on like in the music industry as a whole but you know just to kind of be inspired in different ways it's yeah. like if i only listen to metal or i only listen to pop or i only listen you're only gonna thing, write like, metal yeah you know what i mean and it's 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 going to become stale and it's going to show in my writing process it's like if i have yeah. those other influences to pull from and kind of creatively incorporate them into something that's not necessarily uh you know a, a metal thing then
0: it makes you know, it unique a, you know it makes your yeah. your your lyrics your melodies everything it makes it unique rather than you know just very close-minded and you know
1: exactly yeah exactly that makes sense so. Yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, you know, I appreciate the time, Jake. Do you have any more questions?
1: Yeah. Um. Do you have anything you want to like say to like our listeners or anyone that you, you know, fan base you might have listening to this too?
2: Yeah. Totally. I mean, if if you're uh, if you've never heard of us, uh, please feel free to look us up. We're called a Legion, uh, spelled not how it's said uh (laughs) nope (laughs) uh Uh, no i uh you know you can find us pretty much anywhere spotify youtube instagram facebook twitter all that kind of stuff um and if you are you know listening to this podcast because you're just a fan of music and you know you're a fan of the music industry and you know want to learn more about this kind of stuff just uh you know keep at it that's that's the best advice that i have for for anyone that's getting involved in music whether it's from a production side or a performing side or the business side of things you know you just gotta you gotta do it for the love and uh you know keep your nose to the ground for as long as it takes and uh eventually you will see your hard work come to fruit so yeah yeah
0: you know, wise words awesome man well appreciate your time
2: and thank you so much yeah, yeah of course it was awesome talking with you guys
1: All right, so I really enjoyed this interview with Riley. That dude is freaking awesome. He's got a great head on his shoulders. Um, he's obviously got a lot of great political views. Like I said, he's a well-rounded dude. He's great at vocals. He's he's funny. You know, I'd have a drink with the guy.
0: Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, Allegiant is a great fucking band. Great band. I love how technical they are. I love how you know how heavy they are but it's just they're all around great musicians and i think you know if you haven't heard them
1: and it's really interesting how he said they all like collaborate and do all their work you know they they'll do it all at home living their own lives and together do their thing and then they'll actually produce some great stuff and i guess i forgot to ask him uh i've already asked this in a previous podcast with someone else but you know when he how often he thinks a good musician should be releasing music you know just to get another perspective um, maybe if he watches this and wants to chime in on that that'd be great you know (laughs) Um, that's it I just found it
0: crazy how a band is not living anywhere near each other they're all living in different states and one of them is even out of the country and they're still they still manage to make music and tour and, And and keep You know, connected, which is I think is freaking insane, but I
1: mean, I think so too. And it's all about that collaboration aspect. And I guess every musician should have some kind of digital audio workstation to be able to record their ideas and send them off.
0: With technology now, I mean, you could do anything. You could do fucking. You have an
1: iPhone. You can do GarageBand on your phone. Get an iRig. Well, I mean, I mean, look
0: at us. We're doing a podcast remotely, and we've been doing interviews remotely for what, maybe two months now.
1: Give or take. Yeah, I think, what is this no, episode?
0: This is episode 14, so this is... 14, yeah. We've already been doing it for like two... I My math is no good.
1: We have something come out every single week on Monday. So... A lot, of, a
0: lot of motherfucking episodes.
1: <laughs> 14 weeks of this. Oh my gosh. Of quarantine. Because that's around the time we started. We started
0: um, like a week after quarantine. <sighs> lockdown started about yeah give her t- well mm-hmm. may something was our first episode and i'm sorry but my memory shit so i can't remember anything but, i can
1: remember something only because something happened before we did our uh, first episode what uh, that was a life changing thing for me i i'd rather not talk about it you know we're we're all in better places now
0: oh yeah Sometimes. yeah yeah we're we're good you know we love doing this and uh be sure to check out our next episode we have some great news coming up and like us on facebook instagram i guess we have a TikTok now i still haven't ran what it.
1: you made okay i didn't my I girlfriend got about that
0: my girlfriend's managing the TikTok.
1: um follow the us on TikTok. Part. and uh that's it. Stay tuned for dancing videos.
0: And if you don't watch us on YouTube, you just missed my dance. You
1: just missed it. You just <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right guys. You guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see Thank you, you next
2: week.